This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it's Christmas. Wait, do we? We do it on Christmas Eve, don't we? Yeah, Christmas forget. Eve. It's Christmas Eve! It's Christmas Eve! Yay! No one's going to listen to this on Christmas Merry Eve. Merry Christmas. I think a surprising amount of people do. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Christmas. But I think I've had enough this year. Yeah, we've all had enough, enough this, this year. year. <laughs> <laughs> bum Obvious joke. We made it. Uh, well, well done you. You've made it to Christmas. And welcome to the Goblet of Wine Christmas special. Goblet of mulled wine. Yes, we're drinking Goblet of... Um, wait. We're drinking a mulled wine. wine out of a wine glass. Um, and yeah, this is our Christmas bonus episode. episode uh, so I, I just glitched. Um, it's fine. It's a bonus episode. Wait. Yeah. So we've um, done this the past two years. The first year we did like a quiz thing. The first year was... I don't think we'll ever be able to top the chaos of the first year. That's oh. like, you wanted this episode to be so chaotic and we're nowhere near the level we need to be for how chaotic you wanted it. I know, we're weirdly sober. How? I don't know. We've drunk so much. I'm genuinely worried that we've broken ourselves. <laughs> That's the thing. The first year, we hadn't yet broken ourselves. So, like, we got so drunk and now it's... T- but yeah, the first year was chaos. Not many people listened to it because it's a two-parter. But yeah. seriously, if you want to feel festive, go back and listen to the one from two and, years ago. And honestly, it, it's probably one of our funniest episodes. And also, it includes Neil. It That's, does. They were, they were all listening to this like, I'm not going to go back. And then I said the words, it includes Neil. And, and they, they were like, they, no one is listening to this now. Yeah, they've, they've all turned back. us off. But in that one, we did a Christmas quiz and opening presents for each other, which the Christmas quiz is cute. Opening presents on an audio medium was... Um, interesting. Interesting. Mr. Bond. Last year, we came up with an idea to... Um, a fan fiction challenge we made our patrons give us a series of prompts we then randomized the prompts pick them out of a hat um and have to write a fan fiction using those prompts that it also in some way includes christmas yeah. in 10 minutes and then read it out to each other and because we just purely because we enjoyed it so much we're doing it again this year exactly this is entirely selfish my only <laughs> i'm not that joke <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to say my only like question is like do we if we're not drunk enough to make this funny do we need to do some shots and oh, then I just yeeted my hand you always look at me and you're like I'm, should we do some shots no I'm being practical about this <laughs> <laughs> I'm just practical about this I'll just tuck the way that's a dog for um maybe in between I feel each quite story sober. we do a half shot okay then we need to do a half shot okay then I don't know pick the first alcohol you're in charge kinky pride no, you know what we're gonna do. No, that is half a shot. No, it's not. What we're gonna do is mix a load of shit. Kill me, please. Just someone come no, into we're my. Just gonna make the most disgusting. No, 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 no. She's picked up fireball and she's putting it with kinky pride. Someone come to my flat. I will tell you the address if you rescue Tiny me. Tiny bit of vanilla vodka. Yes. Why are you putting it all in one? Are you then gonna split it across two? Yeah. Okay, that's enough in there now. That's two shots in there. Yes, it is. Charlie! (laughs) Okay, so far she has mixed Kinky Pride, Fireball, Vanilla Vodka, and now she's picked up Captain Morgan's Spice Rum. That's enough now. I know! 
Oh, please, someone come and murder me. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Cheers. Merry Christmas. Is it weird I liked that? It just tastes like fireball. Do you know what? It's almost kind of cute. It's it like, didn't. To me, that tasted of Because it's Christmas. Things. It's like a year in our podcast. What do you mean? Like, we just mixed half of the drinks we've drunk this year all together. So, like, <laughs> this episode, if we keep mixing, is just like a year in the podcast. That should be a thing. We should keep, like, a shot back of everything and at the end of each year have to drink... <gasps> at the end of each book so we write down what we drink in each book and then at the end of the book have to drink a drink that's the mixture of all of them that would induce induce so much vomit (laughs) at the Um, end of book seven we're just like goblet of wine go to the hospital (laughs) yes goblet of wine puts strain on the nhs (laughs) the worst possible dirty if that happened we would try to privatize it and pay for it because i'm not putting that strain on the nhs (laughs) just one of us getting our stomachs pumped (laughs) both of us oh jesus oh my god okay cool (laughs) so yeah basically our (laughs) patreon sorry kill tanner sorry just I breathed and the fire whiskey suddenly hit my, my windpipe. The fire whiskey. <laughs> the fireball. That one. Although, to be fair. So, basically, our patrons have submitted um, a character, a place, a spell, and an object. We have also submitted one of these. We so, have. ours are also in the mix. But it gets up mixed up randomly. So, we've got 70 submissions. So, just a pre-warning for the patrons listening. If your thing isn't read out, we're really sorry, but at 70 submissions, if they're mixed randomly, there's a high chance that at least one of your prompts will be read out. Mm -hmm. So I hope they are. So yeah, that's what we're going to do. Basically, we get two characters and one place, one spell and one object. And our story has to mention Christmas. Not heavily, it just has to mention it. It does. Okay. Um, So... Can anyone else medically not burp? Um, if you could tweet me just like so I can prove to Charlie that it's a thing because I have met quite a lot of other people in my time. Um, so if you could just tweet me, I can't burp, that'd be good. Okay, so we're going to start our first one now. So we're going to pick our... Like, Do they know what prompts we've picked beforehand? No. But we write them down and then we read out the prompts then the story. And then the person, we have to basically guess the other person's prompts. Ah, Okay. Yeah. So we're going to do our first one now. Just let you know, we're putting Christmas music on whilst we do this. Yeah. So basically, yeah, we're going to generate our like prompts. We're going to go away, write it, come back and read it. The other person has to guess what our prompts are. Um, So yeah, we will see you in a bit. Bye bye. That was really fun. It was. Um, My prompts were really hard to link together, but it made me be quite creative. Yeah. I actually really like the creativity of this challenge. Like, how much it forces I, you to be creative. I enjoy doing it. Like, I would never normally write fan fiction, but this actually makes me think if I had fan fiction prompts, I would actually do, like, probably only short ones. But this was a bit of a thing in the community back in the day, and I'm sure it still is, but it was such a big thing at the time, of, like, prompt challenges where people you would be randomly assigned a prompt. Yeah. Have to write a story and then... Well, that's what this, this idea was based off. Anyway, you go first this time. Yeah, okay. So we gave ourselves, in the end, about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready? Yes! Vernon Dursley looked around the Ministry of Magic, beetroot red spreading from his face down his neck as he stared at the eccentric wizards milling around him busily. His son... Also, I just want to say, I know our writing in these are sometimes bad, like milling around busily. I'm just like, why did I write that? We have (laughs) 10 minutes! Also, Michael Bublé was just playing incessantly. (laughs) His son Dudley sat next to him, his nose buried in a wizarding newspaper, eagerly educating himself on the culture that belonged to his son and his cousin Harry as well. (laughs) 
Petunia sat the other side of him, nervously playing with her ringless fingers as she glanced around, <laughs> taking the sides. <laughs> Sorry, this, this might have just been me. Like, Charlie's just writing her own fan fiction of what she wants to yeah. happen. I need the loo, Vernon said stiffly, standing up and glancing around. Of course there was no proper signage. These people. He had... <laughs> Anna's dying. so good! He had been called into the Ministry of Magic to give evidence on an incident that happened a month previously at his at his Christmas dinner when his 14-year-old grandson, Billy, had accidentally engorgioed the turkey on Christmas Day. Of course, it was unlikely that Billy would be punished, but the Ministry had to do its due dil- diligence to due diligence to make sure it was just accidental magic magical teenage hormones and not an intentional break of the statue of secrecy just then a wave of wizards swooshed past vernon accidentally ushering him into the lift he tried to break free of the crowd but the door shut and a few moments later oh, no <laughs> how could this happen and a few moments later he found himself deep within the ministry of magic Floor after floor passed, and before long he was alone in the lift and 60 floors down. 60? Yes. The floors opened onto a long, mysterious corridor, and he awkwardly exited, hoping to find a toilet soon. <laughs> he entered a door on his Poor left. Man just needs a piss. Yeah, literally. We've all been there. He entered a door on his left and started when he found himself in a circular room with many doors surrounding the walls. A sign in the middle simply read The Department of My- oh, Mysteries. My- God, this story is not going to be long enough for where I want it to go. I'm so excited. Before he could take it in, the room started to spin, the doors rotating around at great speed. Bloody hell, Vernon exclaimed. The doors came to a stop and and flustered flustered Vernon turned around to leave. Only... Only swinging the door open, he found himself faced with a different room than the corridor he entered from. In front of him was a room full of ancient-looking flying carpets and a huge glittering pile on the floor. A sign read, Confiscated Property of Ali Bashir. Yes! Ali Bashir! (laughs) Ali Bashir! Vernon slammed the door shut and tried the next one. This room was empty aside from a small chair in the middle where a pretty blonde girl was chained up. She looked up. Watch out for the nargles, she giggled. Vernon slammed the door shut, wondering what kind of Stanley Kubrick nightmare he'd walked into. He pulled open one last door and finally found himself faced with a chamber pot. Is that it? Yeah. Um, so that was quite a hard one because actually um, one of my people I didn't directly say. It's okay. more implied. So yours was Vernon Dursley, mm-hmm. Luna Lovegood. Yes. Um, Ali Bashir's flying carpet. Yes. That was my object. I inserted that. Yes, I'm Brilliant. Yes. I'm so glad that I was literally like, I know there's so many prompts, but I need that to come up. Yes. Um, what are the other Location spell. Um, the Department of Mysteries. Yes. And the spell. Oh God, what spell was said? I like, let's, oh, he engorgioed the turkey. Yes. Nice. What a hard combination was was that? That was a really tough combination. Okay. I've got to say. I was quite proud though. I I want you to continue that story. Why? How did he get out? I don't know. <laughs> what did did Billy? What what punishment did Billy get? I, don't, I love fuck knows. Petunia's <laughs> ringless finger. I know. <laughs> okay, I've got to say my combination was pretty easy. So I, I tried to. Um, I've gone romance. <laughs> Brilliant. Draco paced around the room of requirement nervously. His palms sweated and he pushed his white blonde hair out of his eyes, checking his watch every five seconds. He couldn't believe he was here. What was he thinking? Just as he had decided enough was enough and he was leaving, 
he heard the unmistakable sound of the door opening. Please he had be a spent man. Most of his six year at Hogwarts here. He could recognise every creak and bang this strange room had to make. Yeah, he can. Who's there? He called nervously. No reply came. Draco pulled his wand out of his pocket and crept down the corridor, suddenly nervous. He couldn't be caught here again. Come out, or I'll... But his words got cut off before he could finish as an arm grabbed him and whirled him around. Get the hell! But he stopped as a mouth came crashing down on his, and his mind became clear and calm. You came, said Ron, as he pulled (gasps) away from Draco. Yes! (laughs) Of course I did, said Draco grumpily, straightening his robes. But how did you get through the castle? Did you use Potter's cloak? Draco was currently repeating his seventh year at Hogwarts after the Wizarding War. Ron, however, had decided to join the Auras straight away with Harry. Ron laughed and pulled something out of his pocket. Nah, use this. And he held up a red and gold badge. A Gryffindor prefect. Your old one? Draco asked, leaning against the cupboard behind him. Ron threw the badge in the air nonchalantly and caught it one-handed. Nah, Percy's old one. Mum kept it in his room the whole time. I don't know where mine is. I don't care, Draco said, pulling Ron in for another kiss. They laughed and began to run through the roof requirement, pulling books down from shelves and exploring the cavernous room. They got very little (laughs) chance to be alone together, as Ron was outside the castle with work and no one knew they were seeing each other. Suddenly, Draco stopped in front of a mirror cabinet and, laughing, breathed heavily on the glass, fogging up, using his finger to inscribe... (laughs) Oh, I put the wrong initials. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else. D.M. Hart. R.W. Cute. Ron laughed and kissed Draco's temple, temple, but as Draco looked up at him, his smile faded. Someone might see that. We should get rid of it. I don't know who comes in here. Before Draco could reply, Ron held out his wand. Uh, Ron held his wand out the letters and muttered, Evanesco. Hey, Draco called angrily, pushing him away. No one comes in here. And what? Are you ashamed of us? Ron's face fell in suck. shock. No, I thought you might be ashamed of me, though, because, well, because of my family. Draco looked up at Ron before he could say anything. He noticed movement above him. A bunch of mistletoe was forming above them. Ron looked up too and grinned, I could never be ashamed of you. Now kiss me, there's mistletoe and it's Christmas. Ron obliged. That's so cute! Oh my God, it's so wrong but so right. Um, I know, I like have a love of... I picked out Draco and Ron, and I was like, I have a weird love for this yeah, combination. Because no one re- expects it, and exactly. I like it. I love a good hate fuck. Um, okay, right. Um, so, Ron Draco. Yeah. Um, Evanesco. Yep. The prefix match? Yep. Uh, room of requirement. Correct. That's was that it. everything? That's all the props. Okay, amazing. Well done. Oh my God, they were really good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, I love doing this. I know, it's, it's what I just said, but in such a high-pitched voice you couldn't understand. <laughs> uh, it's time for another series of shots. Let's go. Oh, no. Yeah, you've got a, your turn. Okay, this is a simple mix. Yes. It's Malibu and peach snaps. Oh, nice. Fruity. 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 That's a bit homophobic, Hannah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just wrote a gay story. <laughs> and it's like, here's a gay story, and now here's a massive homophobia. <laughs> Okay. Cheers. I actually like that combination. Actually, that goes well together. Yeah. Right. Let's Right, go. we're going to pick about. I uh, pick about. I don't need more alcohol. <laughs> well, if I thought my prompts were easy last time, they certainly weren't this. Mine were a bit easier this time, but also kind of made me go in a different direction than I normally do. Oh, mine's a different direction. Are you ready? I can't wait. Yeah. As the Dementors swooped past the cells and the waves crashed against the harsh rocks... Stan Shunpike shivered in his cell. 
He couldn't believe he was here. What, he had done, what had he done to deserve this? What had he ever done? It had been four weeks since he had arrived. Four long, hard weeks, where Stan hadn't slept more than two hours per night, had barely eaten, and had cried every day. He kept thinking about how he had got there, and he couldn't begin to understand it. All he had done was gone to the pub. <laughs> yes, he had had a pint of butter beer, or seven, and yes, he had chatted, but... He hadn't passed information to the Death Eaters. He hadn't. Ooh. He would never do that. His old man had raised him right. Yeah. Every day he believed this less and less. He lowered his head onto his knees and tears leaked out of his eyes. Yeah. In all his life he'd never felt this miserable. He just wanted to go home. It was three days before Christmas. He wanted to see his dad. He just wanted to go home. A clanking sound echoed down the dingy corridor, and Stan's head shot up. He had never heard a noise like that, like the door of a cell being opened. Footsteps hurried towards him, and a man appeared, his head cloaked. Here's the last one. He could be useful, I suppose. Imperio. And Stan felt his troubles melt away. Suddenly the cell didn't seem so bad. Suddenly he forgot about his old man, and Christmas, and the warmth of his childhood home. Merlin, he is easy. As easy as Aberforth's favourite goat. Another voice chuckled further <laughs> along down the corridor. And the first voice, the one who cast the spell, laughed in response. Summon your wand, the voice called within his head. Go on, summon your wand. Axio wand, Stan said without thinking. He had never done wandless magic, but that didn't seem to matter now. His wand came flying down the corridor from the guard's hut, normally so well protected, and he caught it easily. Come on. Let's get out of here, the second wizard grunted. Stan moved like a ghost out into the dark corridor, a mass of other bodies behind him. It was peaceful like this, Stan thought, as he trotted along with the other escaped prisoners and the few remaining dementors, out of the dank halls and in onto the windy clifftop, out onto the broomsticks waiting for them and over the rough and choppy sea. This was peace. He could live like this? Okay, right. <laughs> okay, Stan? Yeah. Aberforth? No, nearly. <laughs> Did I miss what I was being mentioned? His dad? <laughs> Who? Aberforth's favourite goat. <laughs> That's not a person! It was listed as a person and I had to write it. <laughs> Azkaban? Yep. Accio? Yep. Butterbeer? A pint of butter. Specifically, a pint so of butterbeer. I thought Aberforth's goat was going to be the object. No, Aberforth's favourite goat was listed <laughs> as a character. Whoever did that, spectacular. So I wrote um, a I, very sad story. Yeah, uh, I kind of wished we'd got the goat personified personally, but you know, fine. I, fine. I was going to, and then I was like, how do I get this goat into Azkaban? Yeah. <laughs> what has that go done exactly brilliant that was a really hard one well done I was just, this was when Aberforth got sent to Azkaban and then got broken out by the Death Eaters and Imperiast yeah and Aberforth's it. goat for some reason got mentioned in the escapade brilliant love it okay <laughs> hope you enjoyed my depressing Christmas tale I really it was really good I liked that it fitted into canon oh, quite well oh. and that was a really hard combination not Aberforth Stan <laughs> yeah um, okay, shall I go? Yes. It was a late Friday evening in December and Grimald Place was empty. There were bits in the bottom of my Hannah wine. Hannah just spat up into her wine. <laughs> There's bits in it. Lovely. That was really dignified. 
It was a late Friday evening in December and Grimaud Place was empty. The Order of the Phoenix was out at, at its annual Christmas due and by now... <laughs> you know, when we fight Voldemort, we're going to have our annual Christmas due. Shush. They, they, they go hard, okay? And by now, everyone was probably six pint deeps at the local Muggle Brewery. Everyone, that is, except Sirius Black. He sat alone at the kitchen table, nursing his whiskey, glaring into the chipped wood tabletop. He could hear cheerful carolers and drunken merriment outside as the neighbourhood, the neighbours' Christmas lights shone through the windows, illuminating the otherwise dark kitchen. Sirius jumped as he heard a sudden noise in the hallway, the slam of a door. On his feet already, he pulled out his wand and moved to the to the door in one swift movement. The portrait of his mother began to scream and yell. Sirius launched himself through the door to see a tall man with a mess of ginger hair pulling on the curtains around the portrait. What man? What man? What man? Sirius lowered his wand and leaped forward to join the lean man, pulling the curtains closed. It was a struggle, and by the time they were shut, the two men were sweating and panting. Yes! Any bets? Ooh, red hair, tall. Is it Bill? Hello, Bill. Yeah! Said Sirius, seriously. Staring nice. deep into the eyes of Bill Weasley for the first time in many months. Hello, Sirius, Bill grinned. I thought I'd come home and surprise Molly for Christmas. Dumbledore said it was okay to get away a bit early from my mission. We're all alone, Sirius smirked, feeling the whiskey making him feel warm inside. Everyone else is out celebrating. Well, I'm happy to keep you company. I know you can't go out with everyone, Bill offered kindly. I can always see my family in the morning. That would be nice, Sirius slurred. The adrenaline adrenaline from thinking someone had broken in, wearing off, and the power of several glasses of whiskey had already downed come over him. Do it, do it. You know I... Fuck. (laughs) You know I like my men with a better bit of werewolf in them. And I can tell you're happy to see me, he grinned, grabbing Bill and pulling him close. Wait, hold on, if Bill got bitten at the end of... Shh, You don't know when this takes place in the the made-up world. There was a squeak. <gasps> huh? exclaimed Sirius. Bill dove his p- dove into his pocket and pulled out a rubble, rubber duck, smiling awkwardly. <laughs> Early Christmas present from Dad, he grinned awkwardly, stepping back from the drunk Sirius. Oh, Sirius grimaced awkwardly, sobering up as he realised how much he'd misinterpreted the situation. Dot, dot, dot. Obliviate. never have left him be, to be alone this is purely not ex- this is not canon okay so it was serious mm-hmm. bill yep uh grill place yeah a rubber duck and yep. a yes i loved it i loved it yeah and it was a christmas <laughs> party oh i loved it yeah yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like the idea of like serious hitting on someone and then obliviating them, but at the same time, like, what else could I do? I had to make it gay. <laughs> we should just call this episode A Goblet of Bold Wine, but make it gay. But make it gay. Make it gay. <laughs> um, you can't see that because this is an audio medium, but I, I just did the, the peace sign. There's so the many double peace signs. Sign. Make so it gay. Sign. <laughs> you ready for more of Hannah's sad Christmas? Mine went places I can't explain. Oh, good. Um, I'm excited now. No, like, genu- like, it just got weird because my prompts were really hard to link together and not 
in like a fun or funny way. Um, so I think you might have a hard time guessing my prompts because it just went weird. Like there, there was nothing in it to make it go the direction that I made it go in, and yet it did. Mold wine has gone sour. Enjoy it. Um, are you ready for the worst one I've written yet? Yes. And not in a good way. It's it's just bad and weird. I'm more excited than I've ever been in my life, Charlie. Uh, lower your expectations. It was a cool summer's day on the coast of Albania. Ooh! Draco Malfoy had broken away from the Death Eater walking tour of Voldemort's past to take, <laughs> <laughs> to take a quick picnic. He pulled his pink picnic blanket that he'd, forgot, that he'd gotten for Christmas out and lay it delicately on the sand. He placed down a wicker basket and began to pull out his picnicking essentials. A chilies bottle full of ice-cold lemon water, a series of aesthetic yet questionably edible food, fake flower props, his 35mm camera. He played with the scrunchie on his wrist, <laughs> wrist nervously, hoping his fellow Death Eaters wouldn't no notice he'd broken away from the group. They wouldn't stop taking the piss out of his TikTok fame. They didn't <laughs> understand. He took some videos of his cute picnics set up, adding a sparkling filter onto the shots of the Albania waves rushing over the sand. He tried to prop his camera up on, a, on the basket to take a video, but every time he got halfway through the renegade, his camera would fall down. Shut up. He sighed. If only he had a friend to hold it for him. He waved his wand sarcastically. Accio friend, he said half-heartedly. There was a crack. Huh? What? There was a loud squelch as a man fell into one of the pastel, <laughs> pastel ice cakes that Draco had laid out carefully, crushing them arse first. Fred Weasley looked around his surroundings, the pa pastel picnic before him, the e-boy Draco mid-renegade, bright red in the face and staring at him. What the fuck, Draco? <laughs> Is that it? Is that the end? That's what it. What next? No, I need to know. No, that was it. I don't know why I made Draco a Why is Draco a TikTok e-boy visco girl? I don't know. Okay, so you had Draco, Fred, Albania. Mm. Yep. Axio. Yep. And a 35mm camera. No, a picnic blanket. Oh. What was I supposed to do with that? I, 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 I don't I loved know why. I loved it. All picnic blanket made me think was those like pretentious TikToks of people making like really aesthetic picnics on a I beach. Need to, I need you to continue the story. No, it was bad. I don't know why he was some e-boy visco girl. I am here for it. I see it. It was bad. Especially since Draco talk. Yeah. Winky's feet pounded along yes. the busy streets of Muggle London, mm -hmm. gazing at the bright lights. She thought there may be more than usual. Then she realised, yes, it was nearly Christmas and the Muggles had decorated. She had enjoyed her last years at Hogwarts, even coming to be somewhat content with life since September. Now the truth about her previous master had come to life. She was not happy, but she felt she had a purpose. She was not sure how much longer her feet carried her down those darkened and deserted streets. It was late at night, and she had apparated here after the other households had gone to bed or begun their nightly duties. She had walked the streets she'd once walked with her when her master was alive, to feel the same air of London and remember that time. Her head shot up as she heard crying ahead of her, and she darted into a darkened doorway. No one could see her like this. 
She would frighten and confuse the muggles, so she quickly cast a simple disillusionment charm over herself so she could not easily be seen. Wizards often forgot how easily she could do this. As she came close to the crying, she saw it was not in fact a muggle, but a ghost. A ghost in a uniform she recognised as the Hogwarts uniform. The girl was round-faced with dark hair and large glasses, her pale and semi-transparent face streaked with pearly tears. She did not seem to be crying over anything in particular, just floating along in the dark streets and crying. Winky trotted along behind her, curious as to why she was here and exactly who she was. This ghost of a Hogwarts student who was sadder even than herself. Half an hour she followed until both creatures came to a sudden halt. In front of them was a man, a muggle, just setting up his business for the day, for the light was creeping up the street now and the sky was painted with pink and purple as the dawn crept over them. The man was setting up his stall of flowers, all bright and cheerful against these dim muggle streets, whistling as he went. His easy happiness seemed alien to Winky, and she suddenly envied him. She noticed the girl also watched him with a look of longing on her face. As the pair watched, the man dropped a bouquet of roses onto the damp pavement, cursing as he did so. Winky watched as, invisible to the muggle, the ghost girl raised her hand and muttered, Wingardium Leviosa. But nothing happened, for ghosts could not perform magic. And as Winky watched, further tears leaked out of the girl's eyes. Taking pity on her, Winky raised her arm and magic the flowers up off the ground and back into the stand. The man blinked in confusion and rubbed his tired eyes, shaking his head before getting back to his work. The ghost girl, however, turned to look behind her and Winky jolted as she spotted her, easily seeing through her disillusionment charm. They locked eyes and Winky felt, finally, there was someone that understood her. Cute. I don't know what that was. So Winky, yes. Moaning Myrtle. Yes. Wingardium Leviosa? Yes. Bouquet of Roses? Yes. Where was the location? Muggle London. Oh, okay. I, 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 Beagle London and I, I was like, Oxford Street? <laughs> I was like, where? No, just <laughs> Muggle, Muggle London. London. Okay. I oh, don't know. That's really cute. It was weird. It was cute. Okay. I liked it. Like, it was a weird pairing. I liked it. <laughs> a rare pair. A rare pair. Again? Again? Yay. Who's going first this time? I can't remember. You? Me. You. Me. You. Okay. That took us way too long to work out. Wow. This was not an easy one. <clears throat> Hogsmeade looked as pretty as a postcard, with snow-capped roofs and Christmas lights twinkling in every window. Gilderoy Lockhart sat in the three broomsticks, nursing a mulled wine with extra cinnamon stick and waiting. He was dressed in his best robes of deep emerald velvet, but he had nothing underneath. Oh! And he was fidgeting with anticipation. Oh. Tonight was the most anticipated night of the year, and his daddy needed him <gasps> no. to be prepared. Was that, was that, did you have to, or did you do this? Just as his palms had really started to sweat, the door of the three broomsticks opened, and in he walked. His daddy. Who? Lucius immediately <gasps> swept his hair back no! and put on his most charming smile. Did you have to use the word... No, sorry. 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 Gilderoy immediately swept his hair back and put on his most charming smile. He was Lucius Malfoy's sugar baby after all. Oh, he could no! not disappoint. <laughs> I did this! Lucius swept over, as imposing as ever. And as he reached the bar, he ordered his usual whiskey and came to sit down. Lockhart, he said his tone bored and haughty, 
He was always like this. Until they were alone. Lucius, Gildory simpered, batting his long eyelashes. For goodness sake, Lucius hissed, leaning into Gildory. Your glasses are chipped. Did you not even notice? Do I not give you enough money to look after yourself? God. Before Gildroy could reply, Lucius had whipped out his wand and muttered Oculus Repero in the direction of Gildroy's face, mending the infinitesimally small crack in his glasses. No, you do. Of course you do, Lucius. I'm sorry. I must have noticed in my excitement to see you. I haven't been able to wait. I'm as wet as Dobby's sock. <laughs> Gildroy replied. Lucius's face reddened. Shut up, man! Not here! He hissed, looking around the pub, worried. But Gildory could tell his words had had an effect. For Lucius was shifting uncomfortably in his chair and adjusting his robes around his crotch. <laughs> Gildory smiled to himself and took another sip of mulled wine. Tonight would certainly be fun and should keep him in the lifestyle he was accustomed to for at least the next six months. It really was a Merry Christmas. Two things. One, I didn't think you had that in you. Hi. Two, I was hating. I was like, why is she saying daddy? There is no way she's had to say daddy in this. That's not an object or something. I hate her. Why is she saying dad? Why is she using the word daddy? And then you said Lucius Malfoy's and you were like, sugar I'm baby. Done. And I was like, I did this. That was my prompt. I did that. Oh, Go no. on then. Hogsmeade, yep. Gilderoy, Lucius Malfoy's sugar baby, Oculus Repero, Dobby's sock. So actually I took two characters and combined them into one, which I'm not sure is... A, is that allowed? Because Gilderoy looked up. Yeah, it, it was Lucius yeah, yeah, baby's yeah, sugar yeah, yeah. daddy. Sugar baby. Oh no! Look I, what you did! I didn't think you had the, the Dobby sock. The way you worked in, like, as wet as Dobby sock was beautiful i want that story to be framed yeah, and put that above was, my grave that was brilliant i did not think that you had that in you well done thank you mine is now very... you all need to think about gilderoy calling lucius daddy <gasps> mine takes a very different tone <laughs> just to warn we this is going to be a drastic change Rufus Scrimgeour walked through the abandoned, war-stricken walls of Hogwarts. Oh, Jesus! All around him lay bodies and rubble. The halls echoed with the steps, with his steps and the occasional sob of a ghost. There were Why many more than this? there had been previously. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah's just retching. We need to stop drinking that. I have. It's bad. <laughs> yes. Everyone had left by now, teleporting the wounded to St. Mungo's, taking the bodies of the good to be buried, leaving behind the dark-robed dark corpses. Only Rufus remained, searching for any escaped Death Eaters, his ashen face wet with tears as he solemnly walked the halls of his old school, his heart breaking for the memories of this place that were now destroyed. He remembered his first day walking these halls, remembered the spooky Halloween's festive Christmas days, remembered when he left the castle for what he thought was the last time. How this dishevelled castle was ever home to happy memories was beyond him. It now reeked of death. He reached the Ravenclaw common room and pushed his way inside, remembering past romances with one Ravenclaw girl in particular. He surveyed the room, less destroyed than the rest of the castle, but still chaotic, half-open trunks everywhere, signs of evacuating students. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Rufus froze, his hand gripping his wand. Scrape, scrape, scrape. There it was again. 
he wasn't alone. He moved swiftly and quietly, years of training kicking in. The noise was coming from the boys' common room. He crept up the stairs quietly, poking his head around the corner at the top to get the measure of the situation. A man stood in the middle of the room, surrounded by students' open trunks, spilling out into a huge pile of belongings that surrounded the man. He was short and holding a rake that he was using to search through the belongings, occasionally scooping to pick something valuable up and pocketing it. He turned around. Mundungus? Rufus yelled. Oh, hi there, Rufus. Just, uh, cleaning up, Mundungus grimaced. I didn't think you could stoop this low. Not even you. Jelly legs jinx, Rufus yelled. (laughs) Wasn't Rufus dead by the time of the war? We I, don't need canon in fan fiction. We, I loved canon. it. I loved. I loved. What, how I loved he... the rake. Um, I loved. I loved the internal battle Rufus was going through, and then suddenly it's Mundungus and a rake. Yeah. No, that I didn't know what else I could do with this combination. What was my combination? It was Rufus, yep. Mundungus, the Ravenclaw yep. common room. A rake and jelly leg jinx. Whoever did the rake, fuck you. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? I was only... Excuse I was like, me, I had Dobby's sock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It was beautiful. Thank you. It wasn't, but thank you. <laughs> it had its own kind of beauty. Uh, again, again. You want to do it again? Yeah. All right, then. If you do. Yeah. We don't have to. No, let's do one more. At least. I don't know. Um. So, somehow... Uh, we both finished that one in good time. Yeah, three minutes early. Yeah. Um, mine was a really, really, really hard combination, but I did it and I'm very sorry for where it ends up. Great, you go first. George walked along diagonally, pulling his hood up around his face, ducking into the shadows wherever, wherever possible. He could feel his heart be- beating in his chest with nerves. He ducked down the alley behind Ollivander's wand shop glancing behind him to make sure no one had seen him. He reached the small red door and knocked twice, gulping what seemed incredibly loudly in the nighttime darkness. He waited a few more moments before he heard a voice. Password, Fredo Bar. The door swung open and a hand with surprising strength pulled him inside, slamming the door shut behind him. You have the payment? Ollivander asked. Yes, George said nervously, depositing ten gallons into the old man's hand. Who told you about this? Ollivander asked, shuffling away down the hallway and beckoning beckoning George to follow. A friend, George said aloofly. I had no idea you did this, he asked. Well, when I'm selling ones at five gallon a pop and unicorn hairs cost ten gallons, how did you think I made money? Ollivander snapped. Here we this are. This is based solely on that guy's TikTok. <laughs> yes, it is. And you keep saying gallons rather than galleons. Oh, whatever. <laughs> here we are. It's in here. Where? George asked, confused. Here, the man snapped. Lumos, his wand lit up, and a trunk lay where he was gesturing. George recognised it from the magically enlarged trunk that Mad-Eye had been trapped in many years ago. Mad-Eye sold me it years ago. Unsurprisingly, he didn't want to cling on to it after all that happened. I don't think he realised what I wanted it for. I bet he didn't, George said. Well, oh, thanks, no. he said awkwardly. What's going to happen in the fucking trunk? I don't want to know what happens in the fucking trunk. I'm sorry. 
He swung his leg into the trunk and began began to climb down. After a few minutes of climbing, he finally reached the bottom, finding himself in a small and intimate room with lots of velvety furniture and people in various states of dress milling around. George pulled off his cloak to reveal his strappy leather outfit, feeling glad to have finally found Ollivander's secret sex party. I'm sorry! I don't know why my brain goes to these places, but it does. George. Yeah. Ollivander. Yeah. Mad-Eye Moody's trunk. Yeah. Wait, what else do we have to do? Object. Spell. Object. The trunk was the location. Yeah. So what was the object? There was something really random in the story. How did you pick it out? (laughs) The leather outfit? No. Freddo bar. Oh, of course. The Freddo bar. Spell? They didn't pick up on it. I was just so enticed by the story. <laughs> Lumos. Ah, okay. Yeah, sorry. I was just so that enticed was, by yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about... No. Does Ollivander join in? No, I think he just runs it. Okay, then. Hermione's feet pounded the streets of New York. She was running. She had to run. Her life... Did. See, you actually write down when I talk. I because just let the story wash over me. That because I'm like, I don't my know. memory is too bad not to. Her life depended on it. Around her, muggle shoppers cloaked. Wait, where was Christmas in your story? I don't... It, that it you wasn't. lose, <laughs> Charlie! You lose! I'm terrible at this. You lose! That, I'm surprised it took me that long to fuck up. Maybe it was a Christmas sex party. You didn't say that, though, did Look, you? The festivity All was implied. All you needed was one line there. In there was velvet... It was festive. No. <clears throat> Around her, muggle shoppers clogged the sludgy streets, shopping for Christmas presents and laughing. Hermione knocked them out of the way, not even pausing to say sorry. She had to keep running. But the man chasing her was bigger and faster than her, and he could easily spot the path she was making, hastily knocking over muggles. He was gaining on her, because she could feel it on the back of her neck, and she almost cried out in fear. Just keep running. But then she heard his voice shout and knew he had got within range of her. As quickly as she could, with instincts born of years of getting Harry out of ridiculous situations, she whirled around and shot a spell at him, transfiguring his wand into a shoehorn. Aberforth Dumbledore was dumbstruck. How had she done that, the little wrench? Wench? I wrote wrench, I meant wench. (laughs) Transfigured his wand? What was he meant to do now? But before he could contemplate that, she had set off at another run and he was left chasing her. Both their feet pounded and slid up busy sidewalks and across traffic log streets until they arrived, panting, into Central Park. And just as easily as he had chased her, Aberforth had lost sight of the girl. She had disappeared. He cursed. How could she have disappeared without him noticing? And then he felt it. The prickle on the back of his neck. He whirled around and there she was behind him, bushy hair blowing in the icy winds (laughs) and eyes alight with burning hatred. You should know, after years of fighting, I'm good at outrunning people, she said, lifting her wand to chest level. Aberforth's own wand, still a shoehorn, was limp by his side. Avada Kedavra! And Aberforth Dumbledore saw no more. Incredible. Why was... Why was... Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't uh, know. I have reasons, yes. Aberforth. Yes. Shoehorn. Yes. Uh, Avada. Yes. New York. Yes. Weird! Very, Very weird. weird. Where was I going to go with that? We hope you liked this. Yeah. We really enjoyed doing it. We hope it made you feel festive with all of our murder and gay sex. I feel like we need to make it more festive. How? I don't know. 
Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, children singing Christian rhymes. With log, is it rhymes? I thought so. I thought it was rhyme, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would they be singing Christmas <laughs> Christian rhymes? It's rhymes. That makes more sense. Um, <laughs> you scumbag, you, you maggot, maggot, you cheap, lousy. Don't say that word. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy. I love Merry Diana, Christmas, you ass. I thank God it's our last what? I can't remember the lyrics. The boys of the NYPD choir. This sounds like a sad Christmas. What are you all doing for Christmas, huh? Interesting. Thank you for telling us. <laughs> what? How can we make this more festive? I don't know. Tell us what you're doing for Christmas, Charlie. Eating? What are you doing? What else is there? Drinking. Yes. We're both going back to our parents. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And we're going to drink and eat a lot. We are. I f- fucking it's obvious. You didn't need to... They know that. Nothing feels very festive. No, I literally don't feel festive. What is 2020? Get it in the bin. I don't know. Well, we hope you all <sighs> have the merriest of Christmases or other non-denominational holidays that you may celebrate celebrate or not celebrate. Celebrate? Around this time of year. And um, we hope that you keep safe and just have a chance to enjoy yourselves a bit. Also, if you're ever bored, you should just try this. Just give yourself prompts. Give yourself 10 minutes and do this. Or join our Discord and maybe we'll make like a fan fiction prompt. Oh my God, and make them write it and then they all have to submit it. That would be so fun. That would be very good. That would be really good. Maybe we'll do that in like response to this episode. Yes. Okay. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Merry Christmas.